from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast Supporters of the Prime Minister attacked the so far peaceful demonstrators Protesters regrouped and launched a counterattack targeting the buses that transported them even destroying luxury vehicles and houses belonging to Rajapaksa loyalists Sri Lanka's prime minister has resigned following weeks of protests over the country's worsening economic crisis It was a dramatic Monday in Sri Lanka Nearly a month after protests began over the handling of a crippling economic crisis supporters of prime minister Mahinda Rajapaksa attacked protesters in Colombo Angry protesters who had been peaceful so far responded with violence That's when Mahinda Rajapaksa relented and resigned as prime minister. But it was too late. Violence quickly spread across the nation and at least one legislator was left dead. The Rajapaksa's ancestral home was burned down. Properties of their loyalists were targeted. On Tuesday it was reported that Mahinda Rajapaksa and his family were evacuated and kept on a defense base for their safety. But despite one of Sri Lanka's biggest leaders quitting, the country is no closer to a solution to its problems. The target of the protest, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, Mahinda's younger brother, is still the president. To decode how this could play out, I spoke with my colleague Padma Rao Sundarji, who has been reporting on the island for decades. Over the years, she's met nearly all the members of the Rajapaksa clan and is the author of the book Sri Lanka: The New Country. She explains why Gotabaya Rajapaksa may also have to quit, but it's hardly the end of the road for this all-powerful political family. So Padma the protests have been on for 30 days now in Sri Lanka what's believed to have caused Mahinda Rajapaksa to have resigned now Right from the beginning uh, the uh, parole that is being raised on the streets Arun is that everybody wants the, the Rajapaksa's en masse to resign the entire family the first Basil Rajapaksa went then Jamal Rajapaksa those are the other brothers who were also in ministerial positions then the son uh, Mahinda son Namal Rajapaksa left and uh, they were hoping perhaps this way to mollify the crowd on the street but the street then you know began to demand mahinda rajapaksa's departure uh, largely because mahinda's also been in power the longest actually and is the senior most if you like politician in not in terms of age but in terms of uh, political experience so that was one of the reasons why they were asking him to leave and his own brother the president gotabaya realizing this because he tried to first set up uh, an interim government with which continues under mahinda rajapaksa but that was not acceptable to the opposition uh, so uh, then i believe that about 5 days ago or 4 days ago uh, he told uh, mahinda privately that look he would like him to resign but even then i think mr rajapaksa the uh, former prime minister was defiant and said no no i will continue you know i've been elected and uh, which is actually true it came to power in a definitively sort of election which was definitively in its favor so uh, he said that i'm not going to resign and now the situation on the street you know seeing the situation on the street and seeing the also the the chaos that was caused largely by his own supporters who left temporarily the official residence and literally stormed this uh, impromptu village protest village which has come up and apparently there was connivance and uh, you know collusion with the police the police just stood by and did nothing so seeing all that i think that's when uh, mr mahinda put in his papers and in the meantime his their own family home in hambantota has also been uh, set on fire gotabaya rajapaksa tried to get mahinda to resign and mahinda obviously didn't resign initially 
could you give a sense of how big mahinda is in sri lankan politics and what is driven this reputation in a sense i have covered the sri lankan civil war for 16 years and i've actually covered sri lanka for the last 30 years now mahinda rajapaksa when he came in he was the first president who was able to uh De- decisively end the the war against the LTTE there are of course many kind of charges and allegations of human rights abuses against the sri lankan armed forces under his leadership but at that time mahinda rajapaksa was i mean if you saw him in colombo you would imagine he was like he was the national hero somebody pointed out in a newspaper today in a sri lankan newspaper that the kind of euphoria that uh, was seen last night when he resigned you know people were making milk rice which is the traditional way of celebrating in sri lanka people were letting firecrackers off they were celebrating his departure in the same way as they were celebrating mahinda rajapaksa in 2009 when the civil war ended i was in colombo i saw the exact same scenes and then i saw the exact same scenes again when he was reelected uh, prime minister this time so each time his popularity remained undiminished he was seen as the national hero the only man who ended the war the strong man the one who said no to any western interference so yes he was a national hero so i would say this is a huge fall from from grace he i was the undisputed leader i mean even people who do not vote or did not vote his former party the sri lanka freedom party uh, would still acknowledge that look if there's one thing we acknowledge his bitterest critics mahinda brought the war to end such was his popularity and as you see today such is his fall from grace so it's a huge fall but at the same time his brother re- retains the position of president and it's seen as that sort of final holding of power is there any kind of scenario in which we see gotabaya rajapaksa also putting in his papers well um, arun i think that is almost inevitable now in a sense it has already happened it's only a question of time now uh, it's a technical reason that is keeping president gotabaya rajapaksa still in position you must remember that of the entire rajapaksa family if there is anyone who is seen as relatively clean of corruption charges only corruption charges uh, that is gota by rajapaksa you know he was seen as the ex season ex army man you know and then he was a bureaucrat he was in the civil service and he was again the defense secretary when the war ended in 2009 so uh, people see him as mr clean in many ways or saw him at least but now he's only being seen as yet another rajapaksa he happens to be there because after the when the prime minister has uh, resigned then the president you know there is a constitutional requirement that obviously the president has to remain in place and issue that promulgation and that promulgation has now been issued so now there will be an interim government which will be formed so gotabaya rajapaksa i think his days are numbered to answer your question so but if he does go then what happens Well, if he does go, then it means, uh, I mean, literally fresh elections, both presidential and parliamentary elections. You know, they will. You will have to elect a, a president first. The president then appoints the prime minister. You know, after the elections are held. Obviously, no country can have neither a president nor a prime minister. It will have to have at least interim candidates in both those positions. More so now, Arun, because now they are negotiating the most important thing to mitigate the suffering of the people on the streets, which you are seeing every day, and it is most distressing for anybody who knows how you know kind and wonderful the Sri Lankan people are. China is helping, India is helping, you know, but that's only there's only so much they can do. the total debt amounts to about 51 52 billion dollars 
for that they need this IMF loan desperately and quickly. And the IMF does have something like, which is like a Tatkal scheme. They can actually uh, release money sooner than the stipulated or mandated uh, regulatory, you know, six months that it roughly takes. Uh, and they are working on that. But even for that, Arun, they need to negotiate with someone. I mean, who am I talking to if, if there is no government in Sri Lanka? So that is why the interim government is very, very urgent and necessary. And one can only hope that the opposition plays ball this time and says, OK, now that the you know Mahinda has gone, uh, let's form an interim government and get on with it. At least get that first tranche of money from the IMF and then we'll see how it goes. The people on the streets should also recognize that. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to happen because the anger is, you know, so huge right now. I've not seen Sri Lanka this angry uh, forever. I mean, I've been in Colombo when there were bombs going off every day. There was chaos every day, explosions every day, suicide bombs every day. Even that was almost a, you know, way of life, you know. But this kind of violence and this kind of anger, I have not seen uh, in my 30 years of reporting on Sri Lanka. The crowd will have to recognize that there has to be a certain amount of patience and maturity, and they'll have to accept that the interim government is needed um, till that is tided over. You met them. You've actually met Mahinda and Gotabaya. So what are they like? <laughs> okay, so uh, President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, I have met only once. And um, the uh, that was his first trip uh, after being elected president. He's very kind of cautious and he's very guard guarded in what he says because he's not really by nature a politician. He's never been in politics. This is the first time he's in active politics. However, he comes from a hugely political family. And Mr. Mahindra Rajapaksa, I have met many, many, many times. And uh, I can tell you that he is an absolutely, I mean, out and out political animal. He is a politician through and through. And he knows how to work crowds. So many times detrimentally, perhaps, some people are charging that it's only after his supporters met him yesterday that they uh, came out and then they advanced towards this, uh, this uh, protest site and started beating up people and all that stuff. He's a very seasoned politician. He has also condemned what happened last night in a statement. I have also seen the flip side, the kind of popularity that he enjoys amongst the masses. And I have also seen him deal with visiting politicians. I've seen him deal very firmly with European uh, visitors who have sometimes tried to interfere in Sri Lankan politics. He's a master at politics. However, having said that, he has not been keeping very well of late, I, I believe. So uh, I'm not so sure whether he will return to active politics, but he will, I'm pretty sure, remain a kind of a founding father for his uh, party. You know, he doesn't have any of this elite Western and, you know, Colombo, like you'd say the Latians Delhi, you know, and he doesn't have that kind of the cinnamon gardens is the equivalent in Colombo. He doesn't have that kind, those kinds of airs. He's basically a, a, a rural kind of politician, right? From Because Hambantota is a rural district where he comes from. So that is not a criterion. He enjoys a huge support base and huge popularity. But I don't think he will return to active politics other than as being in the background as a patron and as the kind of, you know, as, as an advisor to his party. But I do see a future for his, uh, the younger members of the family. Despite Mahinda resigning, there has been no let up in the anger. Like you said, it was almost like the attack on the protesters was that sort of final straw where it, it's it's an all hell has broken loose kind of scenario. Uh, is that anger now just directed over the economic crisis now? Or has it just gone out of control in a sense where now nobody knows what's driving it? 
it's a it's a combination really i was just reading uh, the island um, lanka the newspaper this morning and it was it said that you know even a popular opposition leader the leader of the opposition mr sajita premadas was uh, uh, shooed away by the crowd there is still a large amount of dissatisfaction on the streets it's which is not only directed against the rajapaksas alone i think it's directed against their entire uh, system of governance which has miserably failed but one must say that the failure cannot be restricted to just these previous two years of governance of these uh, this particular dispensation this has happened because of a, the cumulative effect of policies right you know over the past 75 odd years of independence but the rajapaksas again i'm sorry i have to ask this but do you think it's kind of done i don't think they're done at all i think see let's not forget there are uh, you know the, the younger rajapaksas are also waiting in the wings there is yoshita rajapaksha rajapaksa who is mahinda's uh, son and there is uh, namal who's his other son and namal i have seen from when he was you know they were like the prince of nepal you know they were these young playboys you know who were all over the place and you know real brats you know taking helicopters for personal parties in the maldives that kind of thing just about i think about maybe 8 10 years ago or something there was a lot of bad press about them namal has emerged he's he's making an effort and he's may obviously being groomed politically uh, he had he held the portfolio of sports minister till he resigned recently namal has gone from being that kind of uh, frivolous playboy type to i don't know whether his that transformation is real and from comes from within but certainly in his public image he has made that effort he has even gone as far as to criticize certain moves made by his own uncle gotabaya the president uh, and he has stayed largely out of the discussion and public debate at the moment he seems to be respecting the public interest and all that so i think namal has a political future that's what i see uh, but having said that i'm not sri lankan you know so i don't uh, i mean i have to respect what the sri lankans feel about this this family other rajapaksas done i think the senior rajapaksas are pretty much done do the rajapaksas have a political future at all yes they do in uh, amongst the younger members like you mentioned earlier mahinda going doesn't mean that he's necessarily gone as the previous election showed you voted him out but then he was back again as prime minister gotabaya became the president um if the rajapaksas do exit now what stops them from returning to power in the next time round because technocrats rarely make for great prime ministers or presidents they don't often enjoy the popular support that they need to stay in power is it a sort of kicking the can down the road where the rajapaksas are out for now but in the end we may just see them back again Mahinda Rajapaksa was voted out when uh, when the government of uh, the previous uh, president Sirisena came in right Sirisena as president and Mr Ranil Vikramasinghe as prime minister but the thing is that within two year within a year or two the same country and the same voters who brought him in and who had dismissed Mahinda were completely and entirely disillusioned by the government because the government did not deliver it was a coalition it was caught in all the usual coalition pulls and tugs it could not deliver on most of its promises it could not deliver having so you know and the, i think the nail in the coffin was then the easter attacks of 2019 because of all these that was the cumulative effect of that was that the podujana paramuna party which was founded by mr mahinda rajapaksa his popularity began to grow again much will depend on if if the public does not want the rajapaksas back at all then it is all equally up to the public to bring in a dispensation that is strong enough to fulfill their dreams 
you know, to vote them because ultimately it's a democracy. They're voting these people. You know, it's not as if these guys just grab power. They were elected to be there. So now if disillusionment has set in again, that is a familiar pattern in Sri Lanka. A large part of this has to do with people's choices, the choices that they have made, you know, in terms of the politicians they have voted. And a large part of it also has nothing to do with the poor people of Sri Lanka, but entirely to do with its wretched fate. The other thing is that so Sri Lanka has never developed an indigenous industry. They're dependent entirely on uh, imports. And the reason for that is, again, uh, they're, you know, toying with socialists, uh, being a socialist republic. And this means that their unions are very, very strong, you know. And because of such strong unions, many fledgling industries that had very good prospects of coming up, like the dairy industry, for instance, you know, you keep reading about the milk powder import. There's no milk. There's no milk. And one keeps asking, you know, oneself, what is milk powder? Why do they import so much milk powder? Because there's no milk. They don't produce any milk. They have fantastic pasture land. They have everything, but they don't have an indigenous dairy industry. The unions have been mollycoddled by the government. But I think uh, what Sri Lanka really needs is a drastic surgical change to its entire political setup. And that's not going to happen overnight. If it took 75 years for this crisis to arrive, let's hope it doesn't take another 75 years for that. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TOI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at toipodcast at timesinternet.in.